Home and the Dark Moon. Mother writes, Home is within you. It inhabits your dreams. Home is without you. Closer than it seems. Home is your saviour. Home is your friend. Home is the road for some will never end. Look within, for without you wither. Make no mistake and hurry hither. Dark moon will show you what you like. Hearken close and bring home back. Home this is the place where you can make your new reality manifest first. You'll find what you want in this space. The fire as energy and your sense of balance will come to you here. The focus on home in a dark moon may seem to be an unusual one. After all, the dark moon is the moon of psychic forces, of dreams and desires, but it's also representative of absence of emptiness. Your home should be a place where you feel safe and secure even in the dark and even when you're the only person there. When you find yourself alone in your home, walk around it and allow yourself to become aware of the different feelings which come to you as you go from room to room. If there are any rooms where you feel negative emotions or sensations, Make a note of it in your special book. Also note the spaces that make you feel particularly calm or happy. If you get no feelings at all from your home, make a note of that too. You can work with these emotions, or the lack of them, later on, when I take you through a closure ritual. Lunacy is latent in the dark moon, just as you can find erroneous beliefs about home. You probably know someone, or perhaps you even are someone, who's got entangled in a home life which is unhappy, or even dangerous. Most often, if you discuss this with that person, you'll find that they can explain all the reasons why they cannot leave this space my children need the security of two parents. My partners threaten to kill themselves if I leave. It isn't how it looks. He's always sorry afterwards. A seemingly endless litany of excuses for staying in a dark and dangerous place. This is the lunacy of the dark moon that you need to be able to confront to make a true home. Home should be a place of love, of nurture, a place where you want to be. Above all others, a place to come back to and to feel safe. If it is not, then it is not home, but simply a place where you live. More accurately, it's a place where you exist rather than live, because without these feelings of safety and security, it's very difficult. I would say virtually impossible to become one with the source of your magical self. Living without security causes everything you try to create to be unstable, 
vulnerable. The first thing to recognize is you do have a choice. The choice is to leave or to stay. And when you recognize this, then the next choice becomes simpler. If you choose to stay, then it is to work with your partner to create a safe and loving home, a place where you can both be honest and caring of each other and allow each other to grow and develop. It is a hard decision when you feel that you still love someone, but you're changing, you're growing closer to the source, and that they are not. Do remember their journey is not the same as yours. And you may find that the differences become too great to sustain. It is not your fault for changing. And if your partner tries to lay guilt on you for this, you can and you will let go of it as part of the process of home building in the shadows of the dark moon. Remember, this process is not making you change. It is bringing your desire to change into sharp focus and giving you access to the tools and the strength within to make the changes for yourself. Once you have a clear understanding of the place which you call home, you can home build on solid foundations, either from within that relationship or from outside of it. In the past, I didn't know what home meant. I thought, notice, thought, not felt, that home was a place with furniture and possessions and that the people were the least important element. I discovered through my journey to the source that possessions did not matter at all. In fact, during that time I was burgled. Things which I believed to be of great value were gone from me forever and my feelings about the place in which I lived was changed by that event. I felt it had been tainted by this invasion into my privacy. The truth of the matter was that the next day when I woke, and in the most weird way possible, I felt liberated. I know, it's weird. All those things which I was fiercely protecting were gone, and I was still alive. Instead of feeling diminished, I felt free. And the feeling of vulnerability left the house when my friends brought love and sympathy to me. The concern they brought overwrote the feelings of violation and I really started to get to grips with the fact that it was only people that mattered. That's it. Simple as that. People who cared and brought their love to me, hidden in food and flowers. And from then on, I started to learn the real meaning of home. Further back, in what feels like a past life to me now, I was in a relationship with a man who also did not know what home was. He brought the only ideas he had about home and he recreated them in the place where we lived together. This was a time in my life of noise and alcohol, of rich food and parties and a constant stream of people. A time too of voices raised above the music in way too public argument. He made the noise happen because he feared peace, hated silence. Above all, he feared death and oblivion. And his way to avoid this was to fill the home with what he saw as vitality. There was no corner of peace in that house and my mind screamed out for rest. But the screams went 
unheeded, muted by the constant beat of music and the sound of other people's laughter. We parted. I wish him happiness. I wish him some corner of home where he now has peace. I can truly wish him love now. But it was a longer journey to those thoughts than I would have hoped, than I would have wished for. Mother hadn't yet come back to my thoughts at that time and I felt completely alone. At the time, I was made deaf and blind by my partner's sadness and I fell deep into the lunatic deception of the dark moon. I felt spiteful and mean. I'd clean obsessively after the parties, some of which I wasn't even part of as I'd started to work away from home just to get some peace. Things started to disappear from the house and I had no idea of how it could have happened. Ha! I felt that I had no home. And if any of this resonates with you, do not fall into the trap of blaming the other person for this. They built the only home they understood. And you brought your concept of home with you too. Sometimes the template is wrong, that's all. It may be one of you or both of you. Either way... That's why, as a therapist, when I treated people who came to me with recurrent relationship problems, I asked them why it is they thought that they repeated certain mistakes, such as always seeming to find the alcoholic or the abusive partner. The answer's simple. Unconsciously, you seek them out. It's like the pieces of a jigsaw puzzle you fit together because you already understand how to behave in these weirdly dysfunctional circumstances and in the end you start to believe that this way of life, that this pattern is inevitable. It is not. You can use the dark moon to allow yourself to register the only things that matter to you in a home. In the dark moon, you can see clearly what's missing from this space. What does it like? Does it like a heart? Does it like security? Does it like compassion? In the void of a dark moon, you can allow yourself to imagine the previously unthinkable. What if it all disappeared tomorrow? What would you mourn? It's the weirdest sensation. I have, many, many moons ago, walked out of the place which I then called home. I took my graduation clock, a couple of photographs, an old teddy, and a few clothes. What did I miss? Nothing. Actually, objects can be replaced. I quickly forgot about those things which I'd filled my space with. I was no longer defined by that which I owned. Ironically, As I didn't learn the lesson fully at the time, I was doomed to repeat it until I got the message. So I filled my new inhabitation with more possessions only to lose them all over again. Ask anyone who's had a house fire or some devastating force of nature wipe out their home and they'll often tell you a similar story. Mementos. That's all they would save. They rescue the irreplaceable. Not the Valuable in the more usual sense, that of financial value, but memories. And that's what a home is. A home's a place to store and create memories, nothing more. 
When you've experienced the absence of home in the dark moon, then you really understand and know that home is a space you carry within you. It is not a physical space in the obvious sense, but it is a mental space. Home becomes a place you can take with you wherever you go. Home for me now is time with my husband, access to books and my friends, and space to write. I can be at home anywhere. Home is what you create for yourself. It's the inner peacefulness created from knowing that you'd rather be here than anywhere else at this moment in time. When you confront home in the dark moon, all the areas missing from your home are highlighted. If peace is absent, or time for each other, or love, that's what you register. And if you cannot shape your current home into one that gives you what you need to feel safe, then it's time to change. Discovering lack in your home life does not mean you need to leave that place necessarily. In fact, this can often be the worst thing to contemplate because we know it could lead you straight into another home which is just the same. You see, because you carry your image of home with you in your head, you take it with you to the next place and the next, so you are responsible for the home in which you live. No one's forced you into this space and no one can help you out of it other than yourself. I know, this is not really what you wanted to hear. This is tough love, but think about it. Really think about it. And remember, you're on a journey. You can't expect to reach the destination immediately and sometimes you need to remember where you are right now so you can make sure you move in the right direction. So now it's time to become one with the journey again. And you can enter trance in your own way. And just before you sleep, to find a way to help you to do what you want to do, you can silently count down from 300 to zero, using your breath again to time the numbers. And as before, when you reach zero, you can find yourself at the top of a stone step. You'll walk with more confidence this time, feeling you're familiar with the landscape each time you visit. And if you find your mind taking you there now, just make that journey. Notice your surroundings and be aware that the stairs are now brightly lit and you can feel safer now you've noticed this. Keep walking until you reach the bottom of the steps and find yourself back in this beautiful, peaceful, natural landscape. A place you've already been. In your sleep, in your dreams and feel the peace of this place surrounding you as you look around and become aware of more details in the landscape this time. 
there are flowers in the meadow. And in the fields, yellow corn sways gently in the breeze. You can notice the sounds of nature around you. Among them is the sound of a river. You can move towards it. There are reeds and grasses by the river, and there are also trees. You'll find yourself being drawn to one particular tree. It's an ancient dur, an oak tree, with a solid trunk, and you notice the deep gnarled roots burrowing into the earth at your feet. Look up. Notice the branches and the leaves. This tree is strong. You can lie down beneath the tree and close your eyes. This oak is a doorway to deeper knowledge. Rest beneath the oak and notice your breathing. Notice the sound of the leaves in the branches, like the tree itself is breathing. You find your breath can start to synchronize with the tree itself, and you connect to it as a living entity. The tree invites you to share its essence, to know what it is, to have ancient, natural knowledge and to be connected to this earth. You find your thoughts drifting away, allowing the tree to take you on a journey through root and branch. First the tree takes you deep, deep into its roots. You feel its connection with the earth and with every other tree in the world. Now the tree takes you through its trunk and you experience its strength. Next, you journey all the way up through the branches and into the topmost leaf and you feel movement as the leaf is blown around in the wind. You allow the wind to move you as you feel safe. The tree is sharing with you three very important qualities. Connection. Strength and flexibility. Move away from the oak and travel back through the landscape. Returning to the stairs, walking up the stairs, you still feel connected to the oak and the qualities which it shared with you. You'll hold on to these feelings and they can be there for you whenever you need them. And do remember, Hug a tree. Say thank you. And after your experience, 
you'll rest. And you may even find yourself thinking about it afterwards. And if you wish to write in your special book, you can. Mother writes. Clear and cleanse and banish. Your home needs heart and mind. Shed light on hearth. No shades of past in nooks and crannies dwell. Home is here when love is near. It's heaven now, not hell. One of the things you can do in your home is create an ancestor corner. An ancestor corner can be likened to a hearth, whereas a hearth is a focal point for heat and a place where people gather, an ancestor corner creates a gathering point for positive energy. This is a place where you put photographs and mementos of people who are or have been close to you and have shown you love. Do not put a photograph of anyone here who isn't in this category. When you have this in your living space, you are connecting yourself with those who make your sense of home a real one. And when you've created your ancestor corner, light a candle. Preferably one in a glass container so you can carry it safely and ask each person represented in this space to give a little of their love to the candle flame. And then, carry the candle all around your home, into every space you went before. Illuminate all the dark corners with this candlelight. And with this act, you are claiming the space around you with the love others give to you. You are making this space a home to be filled with love. And you can make use of the ancestor corner at different times as and when you need it. For example, the anniversary of a death. Or when you want to be particularly close to someone from this group who's not in close physical proximity to you at this time. You can light a candle before their photograph and close your eyes. Call them to your thoughts. Spend as long as you need with them. Ask them for their love and support. Talk to them. When you've done this, blow out your candle. One thing I do every year on my aunt's birthday, and I was particularly close to her, is I take the photograph, I place it on the table where I'm going to eat, I light a candle before her, and I raise a glass and wish her happy birthday. And then I tell her what I've been doing in that year, just as I would if she were here. That connection feels very real to me. And yeah, I do cry. But it's good. It's good to be reminded of the love, even if the person isn't still here with you. Their love remains. You carry it in your heart. And it's good 
to burnish it occasionally. And with these acts, you fill your living space with strong, loving energy that will protect you. The way you feel about your home starts to change. When you have lived and communicated with your ancestor corner and are comfortable to have it in your home, go back to the book and open it on the page where you wrote down your feelings about the place you live. Either you or the space itself will soon be ready for the changes you need to have a real home. Times when we are feeling good.